Welcome to the Her Life Her Way podcast hosted by me, Maddie. Here at the Her Life Her Way podcast, we facilitate honest and vulnerable conversations with women from across the globe that shine a light on how we can craft a life that feels meaningful and joyful to us all. Through these conversations, you can expect to feel empowered in your journey to live, relate, and work in a way that feels nourishing for your mind, your body, and your soul. We will never shame you into thinking you aren't enough or that you are not doing enough. Alternatively, our conversations highlight the patriarchal system working against all women and will provide you with the tools, wisdom, and support you need to live a fulfilling life in spite of a system that is designed to strip women of their autonomy, joy, and wholeness. This is your life. You get to live it your way. So welcome again to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you are here, and let's tune in to the episode. Today on the show, I am so, so excited to bring you our newest guest, Chelsea. Chelsea is the owner and lead copywriter of Ladyfolk, a community-driven copywriting and creative studio based in the wilds of Wyoming. Thank you, Chelsea, so much for being here. I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm just honored to be here. So great way to start a Monday with you. Yeah, likewise. So I like to ask everyone who comes on to the podcast to share a little bit more about their journey, right? So you own your own business and I want to hear a little bit more about what brought you to where you're at today in running this business and showing up as you do as a leader in your space. Oh my gosh. I feel like so many female entrepreneurs can relate to this, um, but I would have never guessed that I would be here at Ladyfolk as a founder. But honestly, looking back at all of the different paths and decisions I made, it honestly does make so much sense. So I actually, you know, I I got a marketing degree from the University of Wyoming. I minored in entrepreneurship. My minor was very focused around like corporate, corporate business, which I, I don't know, I was really disappointed in at the time, but um, it was still really valuable to me. But, you know, really my background is in the wedding industry. So I worked in the wedding industry for almost 10 years. And that's truly where a lot of my clientele still comes from. I hold great relationships there, but I started as a second photographer in wedding photography back in college, just as an intern. And then I just fell in love with love and the wedding industry. But, you know, I think for the longest time, I thought it was around weddings and it slowly started to carve out as I expanded in my career that it was really what drew me to the industry was female entrepreneurs. I mean, there was just these, I, I don't know if I can curse on this podcast, but there's just like these yes. badass, <laughs> but, yes. uh, but there's just badass women that were running their own businesses and had their own brand. And it was very authentic. Like not only were they just working so hard, but holding really strong relationships within their communities. And, but they had a real passion and, wanted to have an impact and I just loved that so yeah photography led me I think I did everything in the wedding industry possible but I was the editor of a bridal magazine Rocky Mountain Bride for three years when I lived in Denver so that was really monumental to me in terms of leading me to lady folk in terms of writing and poetic storytelling I managed everything from style shoots to like editing the magazine and doing all the copywriting for gosh, like 30 publications that were like locally focused, but also nationwide. And, you know, from there it led me to, I mean, the pandemic hit the wedding industry really hard and I was still in Denver at the time. So it, you know, I had a lot of things that were pulling me back home to Wyoming is where I was from. And I had spent almost six years in Denver, but did decide to move back home. And it was at the time I thought I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm moving back to my hometown in small town, Wyoming. Like I'm single. My life is over. Like, what am I going to do? And, um, I moved in with my dad at the time and it was 
I think it was like four days from me moving to back and I was like I didn't know but I ended up um actually doing research like I sat down I remember like really late at night and being like what is it what does a copywriter do like what what is this like can I make this happen and it's just so wild because I even had a couple of clients in the wedding industry who hired me to do website copy before I even knew it was a thing um but yeah that's kind of what sparked it for me so uh I moved home and it really connected with my roots again and I feel like reconnected with a part of me that was missing and I was around a lot of family and just a community that I grew up in and so it was kind of my city I always say like laugh but I'm like I took like this city part of me and like brought it back to Wyoming and but yeah I I've almost been in business for two years now so it's been such a wild journey and an incredible mirror to the woman that I wanted to become and um, I'm just so I'm so proud of it, and I love the women that I've been able to connect to through Lady Folk as well. Oh, that's so so amazing! And something that I pulled out from your story or a phrase is poetic storytelling, and that just like rang in my heart as a really beautiful phrase. And so, I would I'm wondering if you can pull that apart for us as to what you mean by poetic storytelling, because if anyone has interacted with your work like I have, you have such a unique voice in the way that you write, and it's so, so beautiful. Um, so I really want you to kind of unwrap what that term means to you and how that relates to how you write and show up in the work that you do. Yeah, I, you know, I won't lie that there's this part of me that's this, like, inner teenager that used to like sit in my room at like 15 and 16 and just write poetry every day (laughs) so um you know there's that side of it which is still a part of me but you know truly I I think that storytelling is so powerful and it has been really incremental in my own branding just in terms of being really relatable and resonating but putting real life experiences at the forefront and having a very artful type of spin to the message that you're trying to portray and really deeply connecting with other people. And I feel like that is very true to my style. And again, it's funny because it kind of ties in with my wedding industry background of just having a lot of romance being involved. Like I'm definitely a lover brand uh, in terms of archetypes, (laughs) but, you know, also I found this with my, my clients too is, I think that there is this harmony and having really impactful content, having a really impactful brand that's consistent where people are really able to connect with you. You're really building a community, but you're also leading people to action. That's what I call poetic storytelling because to me, it's a harmonizing, energizing people to take action and being very clear in the way you want to lead them. Almost explaining their like wants desire needs better than they can because when you can do that but also make them really feel something they're not only going to trust you but they're also going to like stalk you buy from you want to be a part of whatever you're doing so I try to bring that into my own brand but I try to extract that from my clients as well yeah and I I'm really curious to hear your take on you know marketing and sales because I really think that a lot of online businesses developed in 2020, right? Um, mm-hmm. With the pandemic and everything going on at that time frame, And with that, like 2020 had a very specific subset of marketing when it came, or sorry, messaging when it came to marketing and sales, right? Um, and I think ever since then, it's slowly begun to change and transition and people are wanting less of the bullshit and more of like the real life look into what yes. the brand is all about, right? And so- When you're approaching marketing and sales with your clients, when you're working with them through their messaging and their copy, what does that look like now? And what are some of the things that you really make sure to focus on and highlight with a brand if they're wanting to like drive consumers towards them to purchase? Yeah, I love that you said that. For one, like the no bullshit era Thank God. I'm so happy that we all have stepped into that a bit. <laughs> Not that we had a choice. I think that 2020 really pushed us in for it. Um, but you're right, Maddie, honestly. And 
I think in general with what we are all collectively experiencing as a society, but even just the way that content has shifted too, I mean, whether you hate TikTok, TikTok or not, or like, I feel like I'm like that too. I'm like, okay, I need to show up on TikTok, you know? Um, but I think that TikTok did that for us as well of just saying that like, it really did take this like unfiltered presence and made it the norm and for a way for people to just really be who they are and connect with people that are like-minded and value them in their authenticity. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a trend and it's definitely continued just to evolve. And truly, I think in the sense that I've talked about this before, but it's like, of course you want to maintain some level of professionalism. You know, I'm probably no matter, no matter how unhinged or like no bullshit you are, like you do, you'll probably talk to your clients or your audience or community different than you would like your best friend after a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I just think to me, it's this need to be, feel seen and appreciated and vulnerable. And I think that when you can do that and pull that into your branding, you're also connecting with people who truly value you for who you are. And it's just leading to more meaningful work and more meaningful, like, lasting relationships which tying back is truly what I think all of us found was missing or that we were avoiding like before 2020 is like really establishing those really meaningful connections and to me I feel like that's been a ticket to be able to do so absolutely and I love that you highlight that because I think that there's so much fear kind of like when it comes to messaging and marketing that like oh if I get super specific and granular my messaging then I'm going to push away this subset of people right and then it drives this fear of like but and then I'm not going to make enough blah 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 right I hear that all the time in our work and I always highlight what you just did it's like the people that are meant for you will come to you based off of the correct messaging that you put out there right and so you don't actually want to work with the people that don't align with what you're authentically putting out there, right? Like, because you're either not aligning on values or lifestyle, whatever it may be. There are so many facets to this, but um, I really love how you said that we're really focusing on building those long-term sustainable relationships. And so to kind of take a pivot, because I'm really, really curious about this, you're a creative person. And from your story, we can tell you've been a creative person for a very long period of time. You said you wrote poetry when you were a teenager, you worked <laughs> in the wedding industry as a photographer and editor, and now you're a writer um, and a founder. What are some of the ways that you really like foster that creativity? Because I know for me, I sometimes get a lot of imposter syndrome when it comes to my creativity. And so I always like to talk to other creatives to see how they battle through their own sense of imposter syndrome and how they foster creativity in their day-to-day. I love that you brought that up. I mean, speaking of also like just being unfiltered and talking about like no bullshit, because I think truly I've been in business for almost two years and it's been, I, I won't lie, like it's been a challenge of, or at least like an experience of trying to take, like trying to be the most vibrant, pleasant version of myself and to put out my best work. I feel like I have to be healthy. I I mean, just like I have to feel confident and good and healthy and like I am taking care of myself if I'm going to show up fully for my clients. And I think for me, it's, it's really just being present with how I'm feeling like moment by moment. I've gotten really into human design actually in the last, like this last year and I'm a reflector. So I don't, do you know much about human design? I don't know a ton, but I know like a decent percentage. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. But I I actually had a reading done um, by Bethany Bubenzer, one of my clients. She's actually in the women up group. Love her. But that was really eye-opening to me because that's kind of what she said, like had reflected back to me as well. It was just like, just the sense that I think that as founders, whether you have a human design rating or not, like you are in this business because it's on your own timing. And 
I feel like we are on this journey to trust ourselves and what that looks like and how we can best take care of ourselves so that we can show up fully in our creative process. And for me, that really is like listening moment by moment with how I'm feeling. Like if I am feeling any form of grief or like sadness or I'm in a weird place in my cycle I mean anything like that I really try and listen to myself and not force myself to like sit down and write for five hours like if I'm feeling that way I go to the gym I go to a yoga class like I sit down and write for myself or ease I like play Beyonce and clean the house like whatever is going to get me to that creative place and honestly sometimes it's doing nothing like sometimes it's resting and just recognizing like hey this is going to be a waste of your time. Like you're not going to put out your best work right now and it's time to take care of you so that you can maybe show up tomorrow. And I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where I'm able to do that, but I'm still learning. So I think truly it's like trusting yourself and listening and the right people will also understand that that's what you need. Creatives need time. (laughs) Absolutely. You can't put like creatives in a pressure cooker. It just doesn't work. Right. No. Um, And so I am curious, kind of, again, about this creative process. When you run into periods of your life where you have this, like, writer's block, right, where it might not be because you're tired or moving through grief or things like that, but, like, you just sit down to write and you feel kind of energized and you're like, I've got nothing. (laughs) Like, I'm, like, just in this space of, like, I don't know where to write. Things are, like, blowing in my head that feel like they don't make sense First of all, I guess I should ask if that happens to you. And if yes. it does, how do you <laughs> Okay, so you're like the rest of us. And how do, how do you work through that? Um, how do you continue to show up for yourself, for your clients in the creative process, even when like nothing's flowing? Yeah, I two things that came to mind right away. And this is gonna bring out like the Wyoming girl in me, but I find a lot of inspiration or a lot of grounding from being outside. So sometimes if I'm feeling a lot of writer's block and I'm just not feeling very creative or I'm in this like weird creative funk, I love going for like a hike or like a cross country ski. I think just getting out of my element and in fresh air really helps. Um, But I also know that like, I think that a lot of us suffer from that here in Wyoming is People are always saying like, oh, you're sad or you have a creative block, just go outside. It almost has this like your pan type of like syndrome. Um, But another thing for me, I find a lot of creative inspiration from music. Like I love listening to music. So I actually just, I just started doing this where I've been making playlists for all of my clients that like just bring out the vibe of their brand. And it's been really fun to me. And a lot of times, if I can't get in a feel, I like curate, I start curating this playlist and I've started sharing it. So I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well like share it with you. Um, but I find a lot of like, I, I think I don't put a lot of pressure on the creative process where maybe if I'm not ready to write yet, I just create this playlist and like do some yoga with it. But I'll like keep a notebook on the side and like write words that come to me or you know, like different phrases or the way that I'm feeling and then take a step back and then come back the next day. And usually there's something there for me to work with. Oh, that is so, so cool. And I I like too that there, you highlight there are so many different ways to be creative, right? So like if you're a writer, you don't just have to be show creativity via like sitting down and writing like five, 10 pages for your client, right? Creativity can look like putting together this beautiful playlist, moving through your own yoga flow, like being creative with your body and having a pen and paper next to you should anything like arrive. I think yeah. giving ourselves yeah. grace and being able to explore creativity and all of its different facets um, is really, really beautiful. And so I, you've mentioned the word brand a lot in our conversation up until this point. And so some I, I know that we are in a lot of conversations at our agency about like, what exactly is a brand? This is a word that's thrown out a lot. What does that actually mean? So could you dive into how you perceive a brand and how you talk about that with your clients? Yeah, that's so true. I think we get caught up in like industry buzzwords and we're like, oh, wait, like what, what actually is this? <laughs> um, 
to me, a brand is your businesses, your company. It is like a personality, like a full character that you exist with. I mean, that seems kind of simple and it, and it doesn't necessarily relate to business all the time, but it's just true. I feel like whether you are, um, like for me, my brand is an extension of me. Like it almost has some pulls from personal branding, which I think helps a lot of, like if you're a solopreneur, um, like a service-based entrepreneur, it can be really great to have that type of relationship with this character brand that you're portraying. Sometimes it is a direct extension of you and sometimes it, um, you know, takes on almost this, I laugh at like Lady Folk is like my alter ego where she's like my, like, she's like my crazy wild sister, like running around town. Um, but I think that your brand can also be someone different. Like, I think that a lot of times we get caught up in this messaging that's very true to, you know, you like, um, just be who you are and speak to your truth. And I personally love writing for people who are connected to their brand because I think it's easier for them to like take it on and, and find a lot of confidence in connecting with other people. But that's not always true. It's like sometimes we have brands that are bigger than us. Uh, sometimes we have personalities and characters that are holding more people than just us. And so that's where a lot of times women come to me because they're like, this is way bigger than me, but I still want this to feel very magnetic. I want it to feel like it's something that people can really relate to. So like, how do I give this a brand that's disconnected from me, but also feels true? Um, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Sorry, I just went off on it. No, it absolutely does. And that kind of brings me to my next question, because that's a question we get a lot too of like, I want my brand to feel distinctive, right? Like I want it to feel memorable. I want it to feel um, engaging for folks to interact with and feel resonant for the folks that it's supposed to feel resonant for. Mm -hmm. But I don't want it to be a personal brand, right? Like I know that we're kind of in that boat. Like I don't necessarily, I've shifted a little bit more now, but like for mm -hmm. the longest time, I didn't want to be the brand, me, Maddie Hunt, because there's so yeah. many other amazing yeah. women alongside me. And so when you're talking to people who, like you said, the brand seems bigger than just themselves, how do you help them through that process of distinguishing what this new brand personality, kind of how you phrased it, looks like and feels like if it's not a mirror of who you are as an individual? Because that can be murky water, uh, water sometimes for people. Yeah, I love that you said that. It is this hard thing that I think we all navigate when we are trying to form a brand that is bigger than us and a little disconnected. And I mean, I shouldn't say disconnected, but I get that because sometimes people come to me and I think it's, I think there's benefits. Like there is good and bad to having your personal brand be your business brand. For one, I, it's, wonderful because I feel like it is it's literally you but I think that there it's hard to have boundaries put up when it's like that um that's what I found anyway like I love that my brand is an extension of me but I think that sometimes I have a hard time separating the two um but for me when I have a client that comes to me that's looking to have to like form a brand that isn't a personal brand they still have to be able to connect with that brand because they are carrying on the spirit and continuing to develop the brand. Like it's a real person. I mean, your brand is going to evolve as it were, like your sister, your best friend, like the ride or die in your business. And so what I say is that like, it's totally fine if we create this identity for the brand that's different from your personal brand but I do think that there's consistencies that need to stay true for one I think the experience that you want to offer personally in your brand like having that heartbeat of your community brought into the brand as well as how you want to make people feel <laughs> because then you'll be able to connect deeper and the other thing I was, what was the last thing I was thinking? Oh, and just like your brand values. Like, I think the personal values that you hold 
need to show up in this brand that you're creating as well because you do need like a compass and northern lights that guide you and like you every decision you're making as you're expanding because that way you know that you're just operating from a moral compass absolutely it's so interesting we ask our clients um some just like very basic messaging questions during their onboarding questionnaire and one of them is asking them about their brand's values and i have been surprised to see how many folks haven't sat down and like tried to figure out their brand values not from a place of judgment just from a place of curiosity of like oh why aren't we being taught this you know like why aren't we talking about this as founders how important it is to have those brand values because it leads us to having a moral compass as a founding company right um why aren't we having those conversations and we're having the conversations about 10k months 5k months all that bullshit you know what i mean yeah Um, yeah. it's it's hard to it's hard because I think that especially where content or we all want to be disruptive in the industries that we're working in, in a sense, and be offering something very unique or being even thought leaders on like small subjects that relate to the industry. I think though, this is like the wonderful thing about messaging is like, I love when people take risks and share their opinions or like take a stance on something. And that's something that we're seeing a lot, even in like content marketing now, but I have a lot of clients that like will want to do something. And then they reach back out to me and they're like, I don't know, like, should I do this? And I'm like, look at your brand values. You know, that's what they're for is like, is this actually relating to your mission? Like, what's your purpose behind wanting to share this? Because is it around you or is this like better serve your community? Cause I think that it's easy to get caught up in those things. Absolutely. And so I am curious about the community piece because I know that you take a very community-minded approach to marketing and your copywriting and everything that you do through Lady Folk. And so for folks that are wanting to feel more connected to their community at large, so not just their clients that they're connecting with on a day-to-day because that's relatively easier. You're hopefully seeing them face-to-face or chatting with them back and forth most days, right? Um, But for folks who might just be like, perusing on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're showing up your newsletter, how do you encourage your clients to be able to more deeply connect with their community and feel that um, fulfilling relationship with the people that they are serving at large? Because again, in the online space, I think that can be really tricky for folks to navigate. So do you have any tips there? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we all are wanting and I think a community also gets thrown around as a buzzword a little bit, but it's also just like something that does mean a lot to us, especially when we're in business or we are running our business for more than just profit. Um, For me, I think that it is truly wanting, like taking the time and really investing in knowing your clientele. Like, I, that's a really important step that you just can't miss. And I do think that when you learn their wants, needs, desires, and like truly take a position for how you are solving a problem or bringing them to a like more desired place is when you can more deeply connect. But I do think that knowing your audience also not being willing to like open up a bit. Like I think that's where storytelling comes in a lot of just sharing, being like really unfiltered in that sense of like, what have you learned and like, what are you in this for? And, you know, not being afraid to like share some like lifestyle, like different like lifestyle pieces or like jump on and like be imperfect and flawed and be willing to like own when you make mistakes. I think that, being yourself is a big one as well but truly what I try to what I try to do is like I think that people really connect when you are able to like when you know them and you're you're able to describe your community like describe the place that they're in better than they can in a way that is not like team-based marketing not like mean girl marketing uh, but does just make them feel seen. I think that's when people, that's what I found at least like with my own brand, but especially with my clients is like when you can 
describe their position and offer them a solution in a way that is just very genuine and also heartfelt and almost like tugs on their heartstrings a bit, but like leads them to a desired solution and you fill that solution, like you will have a loyal, loyal clientele until the day that you die. Cause like, and I think that's where like trends, you know, of course, like we have to stay relevant, but I think that's where you can kind of beat out some trends too of not feeling like you're always having to keep up. Absolutely. And so how can folks get to know their clientele? Do you suggest that folks do market research? Is this something that you can develop on your own, like people that you would ideally like to work with? What are the tools and resources that you walk your clients through and being able to better understand their audience? Yeah. It depends who you're serving. But like you said, too, is like, I think just having an experience in your, even like your client, your client experience of like, nourishing your clients through every single step of where you can deeply connect with them. And that's not always on a phone call, but you know, maybe like, it's a lot of trial and error first of learning your clientele. So I feel like jumping on a call in the beginning, just to like have a face to face, like make sure you're a good fit. Um, having a really deep questionnaire and like being willing to like come back and talk about those things. I feel like when people are investing in your brand or choosing you they are choosing you with intention and for a reason and they typically have a story behind that so I feel like just being willing to sit down and hear what that is and being able to connect on that will get you through um but again too yeah a lot of like market research putting together like an ideal client profile even like making like a list of like yeses and nos I think that we're told that a lot as business owners as well but those really help of like Sometimes we know right away and sometimes we learn through experience of like science to look for, science to not look for. Um, And then being open to like having feedback. I think that's been a big thing for me as well is like, that is the most scary and vulnerable thing to do of like, hey, what did you like? What did you not like? What could I have done better? I mean, your clients will be honest with you and it's not always the easiest thing to open yourself up to, but I do think that it produces the best work and just makes you into the best version of yourself. Absolutely. And like you kind of highlighted with the yes and no list, I've found that the no's in my business have been the most clarifying, like even more so than the yeses, right? Because sometimes, at least for me, it can be really hard to sit down and like get super clear from the get-go of what it is I want or what the yeses are or whatever. Um, especially when we're talking about ideal clients, like who, how do you like narrow it down so quickly? Like there's so many people in the world, but I know through experience who I definitely don't want to work with or like mm-hmm. who I don't serve best. Right. And that better, that helps to better highlight the people that you would be in better service to. Um, So I do want to talk about entrepreneurship a little bit as well and your experience in entrepreneurship because you said you're two years in, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in your two years of entrepreneurship, if you would feel comfortable, I would love to hear what are the things that you have found the most difficult and what are some of the things that have brought you the most joy in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I... I think that we all have <laughs> nuanced, wild stories behind our businesses. So I know that I'm not alone in this, but, and it's never ideal. Like I'm a big romanticizer and I'm also very much like a hopeless romantic damn wedding industry just gets me in trouble every time. But you know, of course when you're like, I really enjoyed brainstorming and like building my brand like I loved building lady folk and I really took a lot of time to do so just because I was working full-time I wanted it to feel so authentic and true and so I truly let it evolve for about like six or eight months until I was ready to launch and I launched in March of 2021 and then a month later my dad actually passed away so that was a big reason why I had moved home to Wyoming on top of like just the pandemic hitting Denver and like the wedding industry pretty hard is, you know, my, my mom had passed away when I was 25. So, oh gosh, how old am I? I'm like, how old am I? Uh, <laughs> almost six years ago. And, 
yeah, my, you know, my dad had never really been in great health and I knew it was something that was kind of coming, but I think just from losing a parent already, like I knew that it's something that I wanted to do and that I needed to do. And I, you know, we were really close, so I wanted to be with him and, um, yeah, I, I knew at the time, like that things were heading that way. I mean, his health had kind of been declining while I was building my business. And when I launched, it, it started like really just going downhill. And then when he passed away, I just, it was truly like a month to the date from when I launched my business. And honestly, Lady Folk kind of blew up, which I'm so grateful for. Like the first month I booked like two or three clients right away. And, but I mean, in all that place, as all of us, when we're launching our business, we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> like if anyone is listening to this and you're like wanting to launch a business, like I just saw this meme that was like, your success is truly like related to how many times you say, Oh, screw it. I'll figure it out. Um, and that's how I felt But like on top of that, like of just like taking a risk and going for it and trying to like hold a lot of confidence into this like big unknown while also celebrating. Like I'm so excited. I'd always wanted to like have a business, but it was just like the duality of it, of like me being so excited and trying to stay confident and like navigating this new chapter I was embarking on that was like meant so much to me but also just like my dad's loss and it doubled onto like my grief of losing my mom and I mean I was 30 you know and it's something that we all expect I think in our lifetime but it just really threw me to be honest like again like you talking about being able to show up for the creative process like I just was not in a place where I was able to write <laughs> poetically or like to be able to show up. And so, yeah, I mean, we were like cleaning out my parents' house and selling it. And I was like the executor of my parents' will. And I'm trying to run this business. And I experienced just a lot of, of I think I felt like I had to show up in a lot of ways, like it, when I wasn't protecting my mental health and uh, I had to have a lot of really hard conversations with my clients. And again, just a true test of that. I was working with the right people though, because I just reached out and was like, Hey, this happened. And like, if you were on a deadline, I totally understand. And like, I'm so willing to like refund you, but I just don't know that I can like meet a deadline right now or like, be able to keep up with this like I know I'll do a good job and so yeah it's just it's been a lot honestly but at the same time like no matter what I was going through Lady Folk did pull me to the other side like there was moments when I almost resented my business with which I think I've worked through just because like everything about my body wanted to like rest and grieve and be sad and scream into the ether. <laughs> but I had this business that like I had to show up for. And now looking back, I'm so grateful for that because I don't know who I'd be or where I'd be in this healed space where I've endured without having lady folk being like, you're meant to do this. You can do this. You're connecting with the right people. Like these are your people keep going. And so Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it it's been a lot, but I'm grateful. I wouldn't take any of it back at all. And I so appreciate you sharing so vulnerably about your parents. I know we connected about that yeah. first yeah. on a call a while back. And if you feel comfortable sharing, I would love to hear a little bit about how you did kind of allow – for this like entrepreneurial side of yourself and also the grief at the same time, I went through a very similar like journey in terms of just like the timeline of the grief in my business. I started my business and then I think it was wait, March, March, January, March, April, May, June, three months later, let <laughs> me, I was counting my months, three months later, my brother yeah. passed away. And so same thing, oh. like it was just ramping up and then he died. And then my whole world like kind of flipped on its head and, went through the whole grieving process while also trying to run a business. And so I guess the better question for you is if anyone is listening and is kind of in a similar space where they've lost someone that they've loved and they're trying to figure out how do I show up for my business and my work 
and something that I do feel passionate and excited about while also having to create this space for my grief and some of the responsibilities that come with the death of a loved one, right? The duality of it. What advice would you give to someone in that position or what would you want to share with that person? Yeah, I I love that we're talking about this. It's I think that now that it's almost been two years, I feel really passionate about this, to be honest. Before, I don't know that I even, I'm still having so many, like, things come to me and, and like a lot of reflection on this, especially like just as I move forward, but I do feel really passionate. I feel like I'm finally in a place where I want to talk about it. Um, but I just wanted to say, I'm, I'm so sorry about your brother. I know that we connected on this and I, I love that we can share in this. If anyone is listening, like who is going through something like this, like you do become a part of this club that we all hate being a part of, but like love that we're all there. So but to me I think that one thing that I regret that I would go back and do over if I could is I am this very bubbly outgoing person um like I I am incredibly social and during that time I just did not feel like myself because the last thing that I wanted to do was be a bubbly social outgoing person but at the same time like I had this business that I was trying to like grow and build awareness for and I almost like showed up unauthentically or like stuffed down a lot of emotions or the way that I was feeling to get to that place where I was like faking it and that's just in like true honesty and I think a lot of it was survival mode it's not that like I hold shame for like how I got through it but I think that that would be my advice is that like you do not have to show up for anyone. Like you are allowed to deeply grieve and feel what you're feeling. And if that's you, you do having like a burst of energy where you want to connect and you need people around you, that's incredible. But you're also allowed to say no, you're allowed to back out of things. Like there were so many like speaking events that I had lined up that I ended up like, I I'm just like, I couldn't do it. Like my mental health, like your mental health does come first, no matter what, like really. And I think that you just need to trust yourself and know what you can take on. And like, especially when you're dealing with something like that, if it's last minute, I hate saying that, but it's last minute. Like if you can't do it, you can't do it. And like you, you do come first. Um, yeah, that would be my, my best advice. And I also would say, Um, I think just having really honest conversations, like, I think that was my biggest learning lesson is just telling people where you're at and how you're feeling. Because again, like, you know, that you'll be working with the right people, whether they understand or not. And that way you're not hiding anything. You're not like, you're just being upfront with exactly where you're at. And people are either supportive of that or they're not. And Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. It, and it's interesting, too, and I'd be curious to hear your um, experience in this, too. Like, grief for me has been, it's like not a, you know, six months and it's done type of thing, right? It's like an ongoing thing, and you can never really figure out when it's going to, like, show up and you're going to be crying on the floor because of the one random thing that happened, or you're going to be fine, like, even, like, many years later. And I feel like I'm just getting to a place now, funny enough, like over three years after the fact where I'm starting to feel more comfortable advocating for myself. Like very similarly to you, I kind of like faked it till I made it sort of Mm -hmm. thing when it first happened. Again, survival mode um, of just like having to show up and feeling like I had to push through and I didn't advocate for myself in the ways I wished I would have. Um, because it pushed like healing down the road for me. (laughs) Um, But now, right, like three plus years later, I'm like, okay, I'm learning to like ask for some extra space or to reschedule when like things are showing up and like giving people, I think, listening that permission to of like, even if it's five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, like you're still allowed to take whatever space that that you may need in your business uh, to take care of, like you said, your mental health because you come first. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know if you felt this way too, but I love what you said. And truly it's, if we're in business for the long haul and like, this is our passion, like this is what we're meant to be doing, which I know you feel that way about your own business. Everyone listening to this, I'm sure would agree, but that's just freaking life. Like it's, this is not, I think that's what it taught me is like, I love this business. I love showing up for it. I love what I do, but this isn't going to be the first hard thing that I go through or endure. And I think it was a really, it was not ideal timing. (laughs) I'm sure you would agree, but it really did teach me that of, you know, I have to make this business work with my life and like work with my emotions and my feelings and you know, my own, like it has to work in harmony. Like this can't be two separate things. And that's been my biggest lesson because I'm a toxic perfectionist that I'm trying to like come down from. And I'm also a workaholic. Um, And so I've just, I've had a lot of hard lessons and I've also experienced immense burnout. Like this time last year, I was so burnt out. Like I couldn't even... Like I was like, I, I was just like grasping and dying for a break. And I think just realizing that and like listening to yourself, if you have the capacity, I know that some of us don't, but if you feel burnt out, if there's any way that you can take a little bit of a lesser load or take a break or take, take the vacation, <laughs> do it because it's worth it. I also, this was coming up for me as you were talking too, of one of the lessons I learned during my grieving process and running a business was like to have more grace with people. I think before, like it was really easy if a client sent like a nasty email or just like, you know, like the things that happen in in business to just feel really reactive. I've never Mm. been one to act reactive really, but like to feel all the anger and the, you know all the things come up but since you know going through everything with my brother I feel like I've had so much more space between like something happening in my business like a client reacts poorly or something happens with a team member or like a project goes to shit and (laughs) just like being able to hold more grace for people whether it be clients team whatever in my business life because things are happening in their lives that I'm not aware of you know what I mean? Like, I, I know when I was going through everything with my brother, like, I couldn't show up fully. Like, I was missing deadlines for sure. I was, like, probably not being the best person at all times. I probably said things that I didn't mean, right? And to have people that, like, came at that with grace and compassion and kindness and empathy was such a nice, like, soft place to land. And, like, so if I could be that person too like if you're having a bad day even if you didn't lose someone but if like things are going on in your life like I want to be the soft place for you to land too as a business owner and just having that greater perspective that like you know at the end of the day we're all people like I own a business and that's great but like we're people and I want to show up for you as a human you know yeah I that's so beautiful Maddie I love that you said just having a soft place to land and I feel like our world would be a much kinder place in business and just in normal life if we could approach things that way because I mean it's not a hot take but it's true like there are so many layers to people that we aren't exposed to that depict their behavior and we just don't know what they're what people are going through and I think that's another thing too of like if you know recognizing where you're at like do you have 80 percent like whether you're a founder or just even in your community in in your family like I think that Brene Brown actually talks about this. Here I am quoting Brene Brown. But it's true. We all quote Brene Brown. But I think she was speaking on the fact that like, you know, recognizing how, like, what percent do you have to give right now? Like, do you have 20% or do you have 80%? And like on the days that you have 80%, like, you know, reach out to some, like, you see someone in person, like, connect with them like take that time if if they're open to like receiving it and but if you have 20% yeah like recognize the 20% in other people too and I just love that you said that I agree I'm always constantly I'm a Scorpio which surprises people but I'm constantly like if I get worked up I'm trying to be less reactive and more responsive at home and in my business (laughs) yeah well it's so interesting because I I mean this is a whole other, we could do a whole other podcast I know. episode on this. We, could talk, we should talk all day. <laughs> but, um, but like, I, I've, I've, inter- 
interacted with so many businesses where the first instinct is to get combative, right? And like to say things that are not always the kindest. And I think, again, like stripping it all back of like, okay, yes, you can feel disrespected. You can feel as though your time, your energy, whatever wasn't honored. But why do we ever have to be unkind to other people? And I think it's like really relevant and prevalent in a space where like so many of us have never even met in person. Like I've never like sat in a coffee shop with you. I know. We've seen each other's faces, but like it's so much easier to like be nasty to people when you don't share physical space with them, right? Because there's this disconnection. And I think just like for those of us who are in the online space, like remembering who's behind the computer, like who's behind the Instagram account and like the human behind the business and how would you want to treat your closest friend or your family member? And would you be proud of your response if like someone you loved read it? I don't know. That's a whole other like conversation, but I just like want to remind people about the (laughs) kindness when it comes to business. No, I love that. And this is something I tell myself a lot too, because every founder can agree with this of like, only the business is so vulnerable. Like no matter what type of work you're doing, but it's true. I mean, you are putting yourself out there to be, to be judged and to be taken in. And I really like to look at other people that way too. Like, I love that you were saying like the person that's actually like behind the business, because I, I say this to myself a lot where I'm like, you know, sometimes I, I take risks. I write really bold copy for people that, you know, and, and sometimes I'm like, or I don't know, you know, even like being a thought leader or like disrupting the industry, like you're not going to please everyone and not everyone is going to like you. But if you have good intentions that are true to you, like you can't do wrong. Like you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to fess up to them, but like you'll continue to evolve. And I like to see, I like to take a step back. I'm working on this too, where I like to take a step back and like, if I ever am getting upset or like I'm rising to like anger or any type of feeling, or even if it's something that I feel like I've done wrong, like I'm like, okay, what were your intentions? Were they good? Okay. You're going to be fine. And like, I like to see that in other people too. Of Like, what were they, what were their intentions? They didn't mean, they're not like meaning to like hurt me. Like that, that wasn't meant to hurt me. So yeah. No, I, I think that's really beautiful because I think we've all probably been in situations, business or not, where we tell ourselves one story in our heads about an interaction, and then you come to later find out that that was not at all the truth of the actual <laughs> yes. situation, yes. right? And so being able to like take that step back, like you said, and realize what are your intentions allows you to take a step back from shame. And yes. when we realize other yes. people's intentions, it allows us to take a step back from anger or jealousy or like all these different things right Mm -hmm. so I think that's a really beautiful reminder and so as we wrap up our conversation today I do want to give you an opportunity to share with folks where they can be connected with you how they can work with you and then I have just a couple brief rapid fire questions I ask all of our guests I want to ask you too but I will take a moment to pause here and hand you the mic um, to share with folks where they can get connected with your brand. Yeah, so I'm Lady Folk, and you can find me at ladyfolkco.com. I am on Instagram, working on TikTok, hold with me, but also at Lady Folk Co. And I would love, love if everyone would subscribe to my newsletter. It is, I know I'm a copywriter, so this is of no surprise, but it's my favorite piece of content that I create weekly. So on most Sundays, I send a love letter that is completely unhinged and unfiltered, but it's called the Howdy. And there are just some lifestyle bits in there. I usually either like tell a fun story or like share a piece of my own writing uh, and also kind of keep you up to date. That's like where I serve all of my people first is in the howdy. Um, I am opening my books in January, which is so exciting. I know. And I'm actually, we just launched a bundle. I'm actually working with uh, Unbridled Form, Amy. She's actually here in Cody. She's a brand and web designer. And we've partnered up for January 2024 and are offering just this incredible bundle for anyone who's looking to rebrand. So it's at a low rate, um, just as we're kind of rolling things out. So just an incredible opportunity if you're looking to rebrand there's like a mini brand we have a mini messaging guide 
uh, five pages of SEO optimized web copy and of a show it web. So like literally everything that you need. Um, and Amy is just incredible. We're like twinning in the West. And so, yeah, like if you're looking for something like that, it's an incredible opportunity and we'd love for you guys to inquire, which you can find on my website and on my Instagram. Amazing. That is such a cool opportunity for folks and perfect timing too, because so many people want to rebrand in the new year. So we will link all of the things in the show notes for people to easily access you. Um, let me pull up our rapid fire questions here. So they start out um, like really quick and easy and like, then they go into some more expansive questions. So we'll go ahead and get started. The first question is sunrise or sunset? Sunset. I'm a night, I'm a night person. I get that. I am too. Uh, sweet or salty? Sweet. Uh, mountains or beach? Mountains, of course. <laughs> what is one word you'd use to describe yourself? Ooh. I'm going to say electric. Ooh, I love that one. Um, what would you want your last meal to be? Oh my gosh, I think about this all the time, so I'm so glad that you asked, Maddie. <laughs> I swear, this is like my top table. Like, this is like my top, like, icebreaker. But here, let me give you a rundown of my death row meal. So if this were like bougie and I was, you know, I had like a five course meal, I'd start with a glass of Prosecco, oysters, buffalo chicken sandwich, uh, macaroni and cheese, and probably like some creme brulee cheesecake with vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Ooh, I love the detail. And I love that this has been like stewing for you. Like I've been waiting for someone to ask. I actually asked everyone I know. So we'll have to connect on this because I'll need to. It's like, it's like astrology to me. I'm like, okay, great. You're like a cancer, but like, what's your death row meal? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay. If tomorrow were your last day, how would you want to spend it? Or who would you want to spend it with? Oh, that's such a good question. I would love to spend it with my boyfriend and then my, like, best friends. Like, I have, like, five or six girlfriends that I've just been best friends with forever. We have so much fun together. But really, I would love to just have, like, a picnic in a field in the mountains, like, hike around and then probably have some type of situation. I don't care where it is, where like there's a disco ball and we all get to like break it down on a dance floor. That is my like dream way to go out. (laughs) That's amazing. And then last question for you is if you could leave the world with one last piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh. I, my favorite advice that I'd like to give is do it scared I think that's my yeah I think that if you were to wake up every single day and whatever is on your heart that scares you probably means that you're heading in the right direction and I think that if you live a life doing it scared that you will look back and be feel very fulfilled with the woman that you are and the impact that you had Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for sharing your heart with me during our conversation and just like showing up so presently for this chat today. I really appreciate you and this conversation. So thank you for being a guest on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's just been so wonderful to connect with you and your community and really grateful. I know it happened for a reason. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you have found your way here and that you carved out some time out of your day and your busy schedule to be a part of this community and tune into these conversations. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could take just a quick moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. 
subscribers and reviews really, really help the growth of our podcast long term. So if you are appreciating the conversations that we're having and you believe in the mission of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, it would go a super long way if you could take again just a moment to subscribe to the pod and leave a review or even share with a friend if you enjoyed this episode in particular. Thank you again for being here and we will see you next time.